When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pensburg Podcast. I am your host, Gareth Bahanna, and always, as always, alongside me, fellow Pensburg writer, Robbie Noggle. Uh, Robbie, this this isn't the introduction that you or I plan to uh, have had going back to last week's episode. Um, you and I obviously were hoping that the Penguins would still be in the thick of things in the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs, but that is uh, unfortunately not the case as the Pittsburgh Penguins lose in a seven-game series to the New York Rangers. The Rangers win 4-3. to three. They take the series. They're currently playing the Carolina Hurricanes in the second round. And the Pittsburgh Penguins are left with more questions than answers in what appears to be one of the most uh, integral and intriguing off-seasons in franchise history with so many big key players due for contract extensions. Uh, There are a whole host of issues that we can talk about uh, as this episode progresses. And this is more or less going to be, since this is the final Pensburg podcast episode of the 2021-22 season, this is more or less going to be uh, a looser conversation. We're going to be talking about uh, the the possibility of of the of the free agents, both unrestricted and restricted. The possibility of who stays and who goes. Uh, we'll be talking about the Fenway Sports Group and what they may plan to do uh, from their end of things, as they are now the the new principal owners of this franchise. This will be the first off season that the Fenway Sports Group will have in control of the penguins. Uh, so Robbie, uh, let, let's, let's kick things off. What are your initial thoughts with the penguins losing game seven? Uh, they get Tristan Jari back and Sidney Crosby back Jari and, uh, Ricard Raquel as well. Jari, obviously not at a hundred percent. I thought Jari played very admirably given the circumstances being thrown right into the deep end when the pressure is turned up to the max Sidney Crosby returned after missing game six. Uh, but it wasn't enough. The, the New York Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins run. It's another first round exit. Robbie, now that we've had some time to think about it and it's uh, sat with us for a few days here, what are your initial thoughts on the conclusion of the series? And uh, what are your initial thoughts as the offseason gets underway here? It feels like so many thoughts. Uh, I'll say that uh, to start because it just, I mean, everything kind of came in uh, waves on Monday night. Uh, they give up the um, 
uh, the lead again in the third period. Plenty of chances, again, five on five in this series. The Penguins dominated. Uh, the stats are there to prove it. Just a complete dominating effort, five on five. But goaltending, um, again, you can only ask for so much out of Louis Domingue. Um, I really think if uh, Tristan Jari's healthy for that whole series, the Penguins win that in five or six games rather easily. And I'll even go as far as to say it's the same case with uh, Casey DeSmith. I think DeSmith is uh, m- definitely better than Louis Domingue. Uh, that's why Casey Smith was uh, the number two all season. So I think, I mean, overall, yeah, you're going to, it feels like of all the series of the past that they've lost, um, 2018 was, of course, the last time they won a series. They lost to the Capitals that year, a team that was just completely out of gas at that point. You just, it, it just they just had nothing left in the tank, and you can't really blame them for that. 2019, just, 2019 and 2020, just very, bad series they played against the islanders and then kind of whatever happened against the canadians whether it's covid layoff whatever so much was thrown um into um into turmoil with that whole situation and then in a way this season and last season very much mirrored each other if tristan jari plays like he did this season in that series against the islanders the penguins are probably at least advancing to the second round uh, last year as well, and this is the same thing this year. There's a lot to look at. You can't put it all in the goaltending. Um, because I mean, you did have a 3-1 series lead. The power play was awful. Wasted multiple five-on-three opportunities. Uh, at, at a point in game six, I, you had the Zibinijad break or breakaway out of the box. He ended up not scoring on it, hit the post. That was the end of a five-on-three. He was the original penalty. And you gave up, I believe, two shorthand goals in this series. Uh, in a series that close, that's not something that can happen. Um, and at the end of the day, it just it is what it is. And yeah, there's always a bunch of you can make some excuses in this series. And yeah, there's some excuses to be made. There's definitely when you look at the goaltending situation, but the power play and the special teams and the penalty kills in there as well. That's on the coaches and the players. That's not something that. You can blame on injuries to Casey Smith and Tristan Jari. You can't blame that all on Louis Domingue either. You just have to be better. Um, You have too much talent on that top unit. And again, the second unit really came up big for them in this series. But that top unit really struggled. They did score in that first game in the five-on-three. But other than that, that, that's just too much talent, too much goal scoring. Um, I mean, you're running out Brian Rust, a 30-goal scorer. Jake Jake Gensel, a 40-goal scorer. Malkin and Crosby, both who are 50-goal scorers in the NHL at one point. And then Chris Letang, you're by far and away your top defenseman. And you pretty much come up empty-handed every time you step on the ice. Not only empty-handed, it's not like Shesterkin was playing out of his mind. They looked absolutely downright putrid uh, at points in this series, for most of the series, really. Uh, So, really, I mean, 5-1-5, yeah, I mean, you play the majority of games at 5-1-5, but so much swings on those those times when you're – uh, using special teams that um, it it really um, it really can change the the momentum of a series and you saw in game uh, in game six you're up two nothing you can argue about the hit that Rodriguez took whether or not it should have been a penalty whatever you can't retaliate like that you take a stupid penalty they score immediately on the power play things unravel from there and it just so much changes on 
on mistakes like that that you can't you just you got to try to find a way to overcome that the Penguins couldn't uh and again they were with this less than six minutes to go in game seven you're up by a goal great team you got to find a way to shut that down John Marino who was absolutely fantastic in the series uh two mistakes we can argue about the helmet being pulled off Marcus Pedersen um yeah not great but at the same time if John Marino doesn't turn the puck over twice deep in his own zone they clear it out take off the pressure you never know what happens from that point on so just yeah obviously some you can't there's always excuses to make and some are valid excuses absolutely but at the end of the day mistakes here and there that a great team uh can't make jari obviously can't really blame him for too much in that game he was thrown in with a clearly still injured foot uh that we saw after the game with ice on it so i mean overall from a game seven perspective uh yeah, let down another blown lead and a huge bomber, and uh, they're golfing now. The Rangers are still playing, so um, uh, kudos to them for fighting back and uh, not keeping their head down for too long. But at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, they, of all the series they've lost the past couple of years, that definitely felt like the the biggest of the what-ifs. Um, again, not that they could have played with Carolina for seven games or whatever, but it really felt like that series was absolutely there for the taking and they just couldn't close the door. Certainly, like you said, Robbie, a lot of self-inflicted wounds to the Penguins. And now for the fourth straight year, going back to, uh, going back to 2018 and when they last advanced to the second round they're they're there, the Penguins are left to look inside themselves and they're, they're left for what will be, uh, another long and questionable summer, as I mentioned early on. This summer in particular, and I mentioned it at the top of the show, is going to be one of the more fascinating in franchise history because Chris Letang, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust, uh, these three players right off the bat are unrestricted free agents and have yet to sign contract extensions. Uh, and in terms of... Um, of Latang and Malkin specifically with these two being franchise stalwarts alongside Sidney Crosby for 15, 16 years. Now, the fact that they don't have contract extensions, uh, at this point, as we sit here on the evening of May 19th, 2022 is a bit of a head scratcher. Uh, in my opinion, at least, um, I, I understand if you're the general manager of a franchise, maybe you want to, uh, save those discussions for after the season, no matter what happens, which is valid, a valid argument uh, to make during the course of an 82 game season. But now here we are with the Penguins no longer playing meaningful games as we head towards the summer months. And we're left now to question whether or not Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang will be in this lineup come October later this year. And so now what I want to do is look at some of these free agents who could be staying and going? We, we have, like I mentioned, Latang, Malkin, Ricard Raquel, who originally I thought was just going to be a rental. Uh, that my, my tune on Raquel has changed, especially if Brian Russ departs and gets his big payday, which I'm of the opinion that he will leave. Russ will leave to go get uh, a, a much larger contract that, that the Penguins can't offer. 
Uh, Danton Heinen and Evan Rodriguez are, are um, free agents as well. Heinen is a restricted free agent, so the Penguins could uh, offer him a, a tender, and uh, they have the ability to match any contract that uh, Heinen would receive on the open market. Kasperi Kapanen, also a restricted free agent, uh, so they would have the ability, if they tender Kapanen, to match any contract that he would receive on the open market as well. I don't think Kasperi Kapanen is returning to this team next season. I don't think Brian Rust returns to this team next season. Ricard Raquel, I could possibly see uh, maybe a short-term extension. Uh, I believe the last contract he signed with the Anaheim Ducks paid him 3.8 or 3.9 million. Uh, maybe he's looking for somewhere in the neighborhood of 4.5 to maybe 5 million per year. But looking at Malkin and Latang specifically, those are the two biggest names on this list. Uh, and some some rumors have floated out, some reported contract negotiations have floated out since uh, locker cleanout day. And a lot of the Penguins address the media for one final time before their summer vacation. Uh, apparently, Latang and Malkin have been engaged in contract negotiations, but remain relatively far apart. And uh, it doesn't sound, at least initial talks, don't sound incredibly promising for Latang and Malkin. If I had to choose one to stay, if I had to choose between Malkin and Latang, which player is likely back in Pittsburgh uh, to start next season, I'd probably say Malkin between the two. It's my hope that Latang and Malkin finish out their careers in Pittsburgh. Um, so I, I was in doing some research for this episode. I was looking uh, and, and trying to hypothesize and see what would be fair contracts for Latang and Malkin. Sidney Crosby has three years left on his current contract. So for me, it only made sense to offer a hypothetical three-year contract to both Latang and Malkin. I would give Latang three years at $9.5 million. I'd give Malkin three years at $7 million. Malkin has already publicly stated that he is willing to take a pay cut. Malkin uh, made $9.5 million. Uh, he had made $9.5 million on his previous contract. He's willing to take a pay cut. He said as much, but he also said he wants to be paid fairly. Uh, which that leads me to believe that initial negotiations between Hextall and Burke and Malkin and his representation uh, may not have gotten off on the right foot, at least early negotiations, if everything is to be believed from reports coming out. So, Robbie, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. I, I've I've given some some hypothetical preliminary contract extensions to some of these players. If if you're a general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, looking at the the big list of free agents that the Penguins have. Who are you prioritizing? And just for the heck of it, what, what kind of contract, what kind of figures are you giving to these free agents as we head into the offseason? Yeah, obviously a lot to digest. Uh, this offseason, a lot's going to happen. going to be, even if it's um, a lot of contracts for the Penguins, there's going to be a lot, yeah, a lot going on this season. So um Starting kind of with the guys I think are gone. I think Kasperi Kapanen is gone. Um, I just it's just not working. <laughs> Too much money, just not working. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, that he's three point two million against the cap this year. Unless you get less than that, it just is not happening in my opinion. Just not. Uh, it's just not worth the 
the cost. He just doesn't seem to bring what the Penguins were hoping he would bring. Uh, just never kind of got that mojo with Malkin or whoever he played with. So for me, that's um, that's a no. Um, Evan Rodriguez, I think, is an interesting one. Uh, unrestricted free agent, 28 years old. Right price. I think he had, he had a really good playoffs. He kind of, I mean, he obviously wasn't like he was at the beginning of the season, but he really scored some big goals for the Penguins. So I think at the right price, Evan Rodriguez is a guy you look to bring back. I think he plays that bottom six role perfectly. I just really, and you just don't know with, with Jeff Carter, uh, with the age and his kind of decline in play. I just really think that I really, I, I like uh, Evan Rodriguez. I really like what he brings to uh to the team. And I think, yeah, he's not going to be a guy that goes out there, like just putting the puck in the net, like crazy, like we saw uh, in the first half of the season. But I think he does bring a lot to this team. And even if you want to do another one year contract, I think Rodriguez is a guy you can get a very fair, fair for both sides deal uh, worked out with. Um, Ricard Raquel, all going to depend on the Brian Russ situation. I don't think you can afford both of them. Um, my my theory is that Rust. I will agree with you that Brian Rust will um, be on his way out the door this offseason. He kind of, I guess, he kind of let the door open for like a cheaper deal for the Penguins. But I think, I mean, dude, you're thirty. I mean, your life is your entire career has pretty much been house money since coming up to the NHL. I think you go and get paid. I and you can't blame Brian Rust for that. If you are, then reevaluate. The dude has done so much for the Penguins. He's turned it like nobody ever expected him to be a 30 goal scorer in the NHL. And he never, I mean, he was just never going to be one of those players. And all of a sudden he develops into those players. And is it Crosby, Gensel? I mean, part of it probably. But at the same time, a lot of that credit goes to Brian West as well. If you have the opportunity to get a long term, big money contract, it's probably the final contract of your career. Uh, go get paid. Don't, I mean, you don't. Uh, no, Brian Russ owes absolutely nothing to the Penguins. The Penguins owe Brian Russ everything, and they can give him. I think they'll offer him a more than fair deal. But if somebody comes in, there's going to be a team out there that's going to pay big, big dollars uh, for Brian Russ, and I think that um, if I'm him, I take it. So in my opinion, unless he is serious about the hometown discount and wants to stay in Pittsburgh, I think that Brian Russ is out, and that would open the door for Ricard Raquel. Uh, Raquel again, uh, two point about two and a half million dollars uh, on the block this year uh, with the Penguins. Um, so his next deal, I don't think his next deal is going to be that expensive. I think he'll come cheaper than Rust. He's a year younger than Rust, and you don't have to necessarily give him the the six year term. And it's unfortunate that for all they traded for him, they they essentially got a grand total of like. 25 minutes of ice time out of him in the playoffs. Uh, all this talk about depth scoring, they got Raquel for depth scoring, and he gets 25 minutes in the playoffs because of a concussion. So, yeah, I mean, I think Raquel's a guy you could easily, easily uh, get a deal done with, uh, especially if Brian Russ walks out the door because I think he showed good chemistry with Crosby when he played with him. That's a guy that you could easily slide in there on that top line. He has a history of scoring goals. Uh, and again, you're playing with Crosby and Gensel. That line, uh, those two have such worked so well together. And I think Raquel could easily fit that role. And then uh, Danton Heinen, I think Heinen's coming back. He's a restricted free agent. Should be a good price. He'll get a pay raise because he had a, I mean, a career year goals wise. 
And again, he plays that role, the role that he plays perfectly. He had a couple of big goals for the Penguins in the playoffs against the Rangers. I think Heinen's a guy that you could easily get a deal worked out with. Uh, a fair, uh, maybe two, three-year deal with a, uh, a solid cap hit. Um, and it, you have to think that after this season, uh, the cap's going to start incrementally rising a little bit higher again um, uh, as well. So uh, so that leaves us with the big two, really. Um, now, we can talk about trades and stuff with guys like um, on offense and defense. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But that leaves the big two of Evgeny Malkin and Crystal Tang. And my hot take is, and I'm basing this strictly off vibes um, at the moment, it's that Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin will both be back in Pittsburgh um, next season. I think a lot of people, uh, especially with Malkin, are really overthinking that contract. I think that um, they're just, and again, it's not Mario necessarily making the decisions anymore because of the new ownership and stuff. And with, if Mario was still the one of the primary, I'd say that, yeah, Malkin's going to be coming um uh come back to pittsburgh no question i so i understand some of the doubt there and i think that that's still going to like mario's still going to have some say in this it's not all um, dead and done i think that but i think at the end of the day, malkin's deal will get done and a lot of talk about there wasn't much discussion between uh, the front office and the Latang Malkin situation. I really think a lot of that can be chalked up to the Penguins um, not wanting to do anything until and with with the f- new ownership, kind of sit down, think everything through, uh, see where everything's at. But my take is Evgeny Malkin and Chris Latang will be back in Pittsburgh. I personally, honestly, Latang I think is the priority one. I think Latang is definitely the harder the the harder the two deals, though I don't know it's necessarily difficult. And I'm okay with giving him length on that deal. One, to lower the cap hit, and two, if that's what he's looking for, I don't care if he sucks for the last two or th- two years of that deal. I really don't, because at that point, I mean, Crosby's probably done. Crosby said at least three more years, which, ironically, is the length left on his current deal. Malkin said three more years. So if Latang comes out and Latang is just declines. I don't think he's going to have a, a big drop off. I really don't. I think he's too, um, his regimen, his workout regimen, his uh, conditioning is too good to have a steep, steep drop off. Um, so the tang, I'm okay with giving five, six years. And then if it comes to it, maybe you move him to a, a contender, um, at the end, at toward the end of that deal. But with the tang, I'm okay with giving him, um, uh, a five, six year deal uh, to one lower. The, and I'm willing to go um, more than what he's getting paid right now, which is pretty remarkable for a guy that's 35 and making $7.25 million a season. So I'm willing to Latang, I think is priority. Number one, I do not see any reason he should not be priority. Number one, because he is so important to what the penguins do. And there's no way to replace him. Uh, through the system or really through free agency without making some kind of trade. So um, I, my, again, my take is Malkin and Latang are both back in Pittsburgh um, for at least another three years uh, with Latang still probably being a little bit longer just to uh, work out some finer details. Before we uh, shift the, the conversation to um, 
there's a couple other things I wanted to talk about before we shift the the conversation to the FSG uh, and what the 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 what the FSG ownership might be thinking right now. Uh, one other thing, Robbie, I, I didn't um, I didn't put it in the outline. Are you when looking at the 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 unrestricted the unrestricted free agents and the restricted free agents, the Penguins without making any moves right now will have roughly twenty eight to thirty million dollars in in cap space to maneuver with. And there have been some rumblings, not from the team, but you know some things have uh, popped up over the the course of the season. There's a po- possibility that the Penguins could to create even more cap room could shed some additional contracts. Jason Zucker makes 5.5 million through the end of next season. Uh, Brian Dumoulin, uh, we saw his play rapidly decline throughout the season. Uh, he's slated to make a little over $4 million through the end of next season as well. Marcus Pedersen, he came on strong throughout the uh, the duration of the Rangers series, but he had up and down spurts throughout the the season as well. He makes $4.4, $4.5 million for the next three to four seasons, I think. Are you looking at any of these players with hefty cap hits like a Zucker or Pedersen or Dumoulin? Are you looking to potentially move some of those contracts out, either through trade or through a potential buyout? Or are you rolling with what you have uh, given to you, the roughly 28 to $30 million, and are you working with that? So are you looking to potentially move anybody out, or are you looking to try and keep as much of the same roster as possible heading into next season? Uh, to start, personally, I'm not a fan of using the buyout really at any point this season. I don't think the Penguins are going to look that way either just because you already have the Jack Johnson buyout still in the book. So uh, not really looking at using uh, the buyout um, at all uh, this offseason. So, yeah, you look at guys that are under contract. Um, obviously, you the ones that stand out are Jason Zucker. Uh, he has a year left on his contract. Um, after this season, uh, obviously. So, and he's at five and a half million. And man, I, I'm so split on Zucker because, man, he just, it was so many injuries this year. And I mean, the way he played when he came back in this series, just like he was shot out of a cannon, caused so many problems uh, for the Rangers. Didn't score at all, but was just all over them. So, I mean, Zucker, I think, yeah, obviously that's a guy that's going to be talked about. And then you get down to the defense. I think you have to talk about Mike Matheson. That deal, like Matheson wasn't bad this year, but that deal was such an albatross. And the problem with it is it might be so hard to move that you can't buy that out. You're going to have to either ride with him or try to find a trade partner. Um, As for Dumlin, one year left after this on a contract, 4.1 million cap hit. Man, he just, it just was not good this year. And I hate saying that. I love Brian Dumlin, but I think that's a guy that you have to look moving. And one guy I don't think that is should be on the trade block this year that was on the trade block last year is Marcus Pedersen. I really like what he did with uh, John Reno this year. Really kind of came into his own. For what he does, I think he's making a pretty fair market price at four. Uh, a little a hair over $4 million. So, I mean, overall, I think that um, Matheson and Dumlin would be your two uh, potential trade pieces. 
honestly, I mean, with Doomlin only having a year left after this, I think I'd like to focus on getting Mike Matheson maybe traded just because that contract is so bad. Um, I mean, it's almost it's like seven hundred over seven hundred thousand dollars more than the Marino contract for an extra I, three years on top of the Doomlin one. Um, I meant Doomlin, not Mar- or whoever else I said there, but um, yeah. So I think if you're looking at it that way, I think Mike Matheson is really your uh, big time, like your one, your top trade piece on on the blue line. Uh, just because, I mean, if you can move that contract, then you do it. I don't care if you get uh, the cap space there is going to be more uh, more worth it than than anything. And taking that that number off, if something would happen with the Tanger Malkin, that gives you a lot of breathing room to bring in a replacement. Though, if Mathis, uh, if Latang leaves, maybe Matheson um, becomes your Latangish replacement. Then, so uh, he skates really well. He's an offensive minded guy. So that way, I think maybe that helps offset that a little bit. And obviously, I think Mark Friedman needs to play more. I really do. I think um, it's either now or never, whatever they want to do with um, Pierre uh, Olivier Joseph. I think that decision needs to be made now. Um, So, yeah, you're going to see a defenseman move. Uh, It just depends on which one it is and how things work out with the Tang. I think. I don't think anything will necessarily be done until the contract situation with Malkin and Latang has resolved itself, whether they stay or go. Um, uh, any kind of big trade or anything, unless um, it gets to like the draft or anything like that. But we have a ways to go until that. There will be a lot of uh, talking in, in between there. But I think there's definitely some big names in there that with big cap hits that could be moved to give more breathing room and uh, bring in um, a lot of good talent. All right, Robbie, the last thing I want to talk about before we hit the mailbag segment uh, for the final time is the future of Ron Hextall and Brian Burke and the the future of the Fenway Sports Group now that they are the principal owners of this franchise. And the reason I'm bringing this up only is only because uh, I was reading The Athletic a couple of days ago and Josh Yoey's coverage on the uh, on the Penguins through The Athletic is typically very good, and uh, a couple of paragraphs in his end-of-season report caught my eye over the potential futures of Ron Hextall and Brian Burke and their relationship with the Fenway Sports Group. Uh, Yoey went on to say, earlier this season, the Penguins' new ownership group told Hextall they wanted to see his vision for the team in writing. Uh, Hextall initially explained his plan for the Penguins' future was in his head, and could not be easily articulated by the written word. He was told to write the write a vision for the Penguins' future anyway. Hextall respected the ownership's request and eventually provided a written summary painting a verbal picture of the Penguins' future while he was the general manager. And uh, Yoey went on to say that only the ownership circle uh, knows the details of Hextall's current vision for this team, if they're satisfied, presumably Hextall and Burke remain. And if not, well, if not, uh, it could be an even more fascinating summer, as Josh Yoey writes in one of his latest articles from The Athletic. So, <clears throat> 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Robbie, what do you, what do, am I reading too much into this? Uh, does it look like Hextall has a decent bit of job security from the new ownership group? Or should we seriously be having the conversation right now that uh, because Hextall and Burke were brought in under the Mario Lemieux group, should we seriously consider the the possibility of the the Penguins not I don't want to say blowing everything up because I think that's too severe, but should we should we seriously entertain the possibility of the Fenway Sports Group putting in their own people in charge to take over this franchise? I think that's a completely fair uh, question to have, and I don't necessarily blame them for um, wanting to move on. And I'm not necessarily against. Uh, the Penguins moving on from that leadership group uh, at this point, whether it's a business decision on Fenway's part or a, hey, we just think we need a different perspective uh, in the front office kind of thing. And yeah, that quote that uh, Yoey had in his uh, piece about Hextall is, I mean, reading it, it's very awkward and very like it raises your eyebrows like what? But at the same time, and I saw somebody point this out on Twitter, given everything that you knew was coming this off season, like with Malkin and Latang status up in the air. It's not necessarily easy to put down a future vision for the Penguins when two of your most important players, their future in the city and the team is undecided. So I think it may have been conveyed poorly um, with the without any context because I mean you can't really form a vision for the Penguins past this year without knowing what the status of Malkin and Latang was. And again, like Yoey said, the only people that know what this note said or what this plan was, was the FSG group. Uh, and we don't know whether or not they are satisfied with it. I'm sure after it was written down, there were probably more discussions uh, or there will be more discussions uh, going forward. So, um, I think that the possibility of them, Burke and Hexall being um, replaced is absolutely, um, it's well, well above 0%. And if you would have told me that, I, I, if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have called you crazy. But we also didn't expect a ownership change in the middle of the season, which is what we got. So, yeah, anything like that is... Uh, up in the air and completely in play as far as I'm concerned. My only thing, the only thing that I'm going to be a stickler on with this is that uh, Mike Sullivan remains uh, the coach of the Penguins. That's really my only concern when it comes to uh, off-ice decisions. I guess Sullivan's technically off-ice, but behind the bench. Um, I would not be necessarily against moving on from Hextall and Burke, but I am adamantly against, and I haven't really seen anybody call for it, um, adamantly against re- replacing uh, Mike Sullivan as Penguins head coach. That I will agree with you. And if I'm not mistaken, in that same article uh, above what I was reading from from Josh Yoey uh, in the Athletic, 
he did go on to mention that Mike Sullivan's Mike Sullivan's future as head coach is safe. It seems like the the Fenway Sports Group is very much pleased and very much satisfied. And I believe the wording Yoey mentioned in the article was that uh, the FSG people believe that Sullivan is the should be the Penguins' voice for the present and the future. So that uh, if that is to be believed, if those words are true, uh, those are the thoughts from the FSG representatives. Uh, that is a pretty well-ringing endorsement for the Penguins' current head coach. But I do agree with you, Robbie. If there is one piece of that puzzle that should remain, it looks like these players are still very much invested in Mike Sullivan's mes- message his coaching philosophy. Uh, so I see no reason to remove Mike Sullivan from the the bench anytime soon. I will expand on that a second. As much as Mike Sullivan, again, Mike Sullivan deserves to stay in Pittsburgh and it looks like he will. I'm not necessarily against exploring options on the assistant coach front, uh, especially with how bad that power play and penalty kill was uh, at the, in the second half of the season in the playoffs. So Mike Vellucci and uh, Todd Reardon, I could absolutely see um, perhaps being switched out. But again, you just did that not that long ago. So I think that there's questions to be asked there. Um, but again, I think maybe I'm wrong. I don't I don't know. Uh, Mike Sullivan, I feel like, has he, – well, he's one earned about as long as leash you can possibly give a, a coach. In the NHL, if you look at the NHL, he's going to assume here he can't be far from being one of the longest tenured head coaches uh, in the league at this point. He came in in 2015, so he'll be at, uh, assuming he's still the head coach in December of 2022. Uh, in about six months, he'll be uh, employed for six years with the Penguins. That's got to be uh, one of the longest tenures in the NHL. I don't have those kind of numbers off off the top of my head, but he's got to be right up there. And I mean, you look at guys like Pete DeBoer, who was extremely successful uh, in Vegas, never got them to the cup final, but um, extremely successful. He's now out of a job. You're going to have other change. Barry Trotz, which we talked about, I think a couple weeks ago, which, I mean, obviously it just feels like that came out of the blue. Um, He took them to the New York Islanders consecutive conference finals and all of a sudden, he's now looking uh, for for a job. So um, I think just everything, all that combined, like uh, Mike Sullivan has earned the leash. And I think in a way that at some point, if you want to move on from coaching for him as a coach, I think that maybe he works his way into a front office role with the Penguins. Um, he's fam- familiar with Fenway Sports Group being from Boston. Um, so there's some familiarity there. Um, but I think that, I mean, Sullivan obviously looks like he'll be back. Haven't even really seen anybody, at least no serious people, uh, saying that he should be fired. Um, and But I'm more than willing to look at um, a, a change or some new voices on uh, to his side with uh, maybe some assistant changes or something uh, to that effect. All right. Well, with that, let's shift on over to the final mailbag of the season. And this week we have six questions, six questions all from the same person, Brendan, who has uh, submitted questions to us throughout the season. Uh, just like to say thank you to Brendan and thank you to everyone else who has submitted a question to the mailbag this year uh, throughout the season. We really, obviously, really do appreciate everyone who takes the time to 
to tweet at the the Pensburg podcast Twitter account to ask their questions and obviously to download and listen to this podcast on a weekly basis. Uh, I'd just like to say thank you from myself uh, to to everyone who has participated and interacted with us this season. So let's get uh, let's get this mailbag done and dusted here. Question number one for you, Robbie, comes from Brendan. Brendan asks, if we don't sign Chris Letang or Evgeny Malkin, who can fill in for them inside or outside of the current roster? So before I answer that, I don't have any kind of stats on that, but I think Brendan's probably the mailbag MVP this year. <laughs> he's got to be close. He's been every week. I think he's asked the question. So yeah, Brendan, thank you for all your questions this year. And as Garrett said, everybody else that submitted this year. So uh, back to the question. Uh, there's nobody in the organization that can fill in for either of those guys. Uh, that's just, I mean, Matheson could maybe take over part of what Latang does, but Latang, I mean, special player, I would argue, Hall of Famer. Um, he's gonna, he leads the Penguins franchise in every statistical category as a defenseman. Unfortunately, he's never got that Norris shot, but neither here nor there. You don't replace those guys. Uh, Malkin, they're franchise legends. Not, with within. Um, at least name recognition-wise, nobody can do it. Now, talent-wise, um, I think there's going to be some, uh, again, just a feeling, I think there's going to be some decent roster movement in the NHL this offseason, a decent amount of roster movement. So I think overall, I mean, again, you're never going to replace Malkin and Latang. It just it, They're just too good. So, I mean, you're talking about Malkin, who's probably a top-10 player of all time, and Latang, who's at least the franchise's best defenseman of all time, and one of the best defensemen uh, currently running in the league. Uh, so I, there's been some interesting uh, names floated out there. Um, will the Leafs move on from John Tavares? Not saying the Penguins should jump on something like that, but I mean, that's an interesting question to ask. Um, another name I saw pop up was Morgan Riley um, from Toronto. Maybe his status in Toronto uh, with the Maple Leafs might be up in the air a little bit. Uh, is that a way the Penguins could look um, to replace Latang? Should Latang leave again? I'm working under the assumption in my brain that they're both coming back, but from within the organization, you can't replace those two guys. It's just that the depth isn't there, the talent isn't there. I mean, it's gonna be hard enough replacing them if they go outside of the organization. That I can't doing it inside is gonna is. It's just not there. The pieces aren't there. So the only way you're going to be able to possibly fill some of them holes uh, is outside the organization. And, I, I mean, there's always a GM looking to get fleeced somewhere. Um, so uh, maybe you get the opportunity there. You still have that first-round pick. If you feel like you can make a move with that first-round pick to uh, fill in one of those spots if one of those guys leaves, then, hey, goodbye first-round pick. Don't care. Worry about it later. Uh, but who specifically – can't really say. I just think if you're going to have to do it, you're going to have to go outside the organization. Uh, we already knew who question two is from. Um, they're all from Brendan. Uh, what is your priority and price point of the following? Uh, we kind of talked about this in the o opening segment. Uh, Russ, Raquel, Latang, Malkin, Heinen, and Rodriguez. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll run down the list for you from the, the list that I made anyway. Uh, regarding the importance of each player that you listed and price point for what I would do if I was running the team. Number one, I'd go with Chris Letang. I'd give 
I would give Chris Letang a, a three-year deal to to go in line with Crosby and Malkin. But Robbie, like you said earlier, giving Letang a four or five-year deal, I would not be opposed to that whatsoever. Because, like you said, let's face it: five years from now, the Penguins are no longer going to be competing for championships on a consistent basis. So if that means you spread this, the cap hit uh, a little bit longer uh, over an additional two or three more seasons, then I'm fine with that as well. Latang is priority number one for me. I said three years at 9.5 for Latang. Um, for Malkin, uh, I also gave him a three-year extension. I gave him a three-year extension at roughly seven million, maybe a little a little over seven million per year. Uh, I would go Ricard Raquel number three. I'd give him a three-year deal. Robbie, I know you weren't maybe quite as high. I I, I initially said give Raquel maybe uh, a five million dollar uh, five million dollar cap hit per season. I could I could definitely be persuaded to talk that down maybe. Uh, 4.5 or maybe 4.25 for Raquel if he's interested in coming back for a couple more seasons with Pittsburgh. Rust, uh, I firmly believe he is uh, gone. If he does come back and if the Penguins could squeeze him in, he's 30 years old, probably looking for, like you said, Robbie, the final contract of his career. Give him, I'd give him six years at six million per. He's making 3.5. Uh, he, or he was making $3.5 million uh, throughout the duration of this current contract. It gives him a nice hefty raise for uh, a good amount of years, takes him to his age 36 or age 37 season. I'd give Russ six for six. Uh, Danton Heinen, uh, a restricted free agent, I would be very much interested in seeing if Heinen could return to Pittsburgh. I think he put up 18 goals this year and a bit of a rebound offensively for Heinen, a tremendous depth signing. He only made $1.1 million this season so he would be looking for a raise i'd give him i'd give him a couple of years maybe i don't know maybe 2.5 3 million per again these are all hypothetical off the top of my head if i was looking at the entirety of the salary cap and trying to negotiate with all these players i'd probably have to change some things around some some figures around and finally uh rodriguez if he could come back like robbie said he'd be a I think he'd be a tremendous depth option in the bottom six for the Penguins, and he could move up to the top six from time to time if injury dictated such a thing. I'd give him maybe two or three years, uh, maybe, I don't know, I don't know what's fair for Rodriguez given his production, two and a half, three, three and a half million per. I know that's a pretty wild uh spectrum uh, for, uh on two, both sides of the spectrum there for rodriguez but he probably has earned uh, a bit of a pay bump given his production this year but that's what i would rank i'd rank malkin and latang or latang and malkin as priority one and two respectively with brian rust i think brian rust being set to leave i would go raquel i would offer raquel and see if he could sign before rust does uh and um, if Heinen and Rodriguez could come back on respectable depth contracts, then uh, I would definitely try and lock them up as well. Question number three, what defenseman, what defenseman or defense men do you want to move, if any, to make to make room for Mark Friedman and Pierre-Olivier Joseph and to uh, additionally make some cap space as well? Yeah, I kind of answered this one a little bit earlier, too. And I think the big targets are um, the big names are obviously Mike Matheson and Brian Dumoulin. Um, if you're getting Latang back, then I think Matheson, if you can find a way to move that contract, then you absolutely go and do it. 
Um, that offers you, I mean, so much. I mean, almost $5 million in extra cap space. Again, if you know that Latang's coming back and maybe you move that contract to help with Latang's contract, uh, completely okay with that because I think you could get um, Latang on a matching length contract. Obviously, he's going to come in a little higher price, but that's uh, hey, whatever. Uh, we already know that. But Matheson, obviously, the one that sticks out. And Brian Dumlin, though, if I think, I think – if you move one defenseman, I think that will be – if you move one defenseman and the tank comes back, I think that might be the only trade uh, you see uh, on the blue line, unless you would get something that you just couldn't turn down. But I, I like the idea of keeping Marino and Pedersen together. Uh, Dublin, yeah, play declined, but he at the end of the day, he only has one year left on his contract, uh, and that's for next season, 2022-23. Uh, so that's not the end of the world uh, for me. But that Matheson deal, 4.875 um, until 25-26. Yeah, if you can move that deal, make it, uh, make that trade. Uh, Ruido and Friedman, um, man, it's really hard. Like, man, Ruido had such a good year. And it's like easy to look at him and say seventh defenseman. And Mark Friedman, who is a bit of a psychopath, but man, alive! That dude gives you 100. percent And not only that, he's really good at what he does uh, as a third D kind of guy. And him and Ruido together could be really something to watch, especially if Ruido's strong defensive play allows Friedman to maybe take a more aggressive uh, line or more aggressive style of play uh, on the offensive side. Uh, could really be a benefit for the Penguins. And then we mentioned Pierre Olivier Joseph before. Obviously, at some point, something's going to have to give. Um, I don't think that's a guy that would trade much in the or fetch much in the trade market. And I don't think the Penguins want to trade him. I think they have plans for him. Um, again, Dumlin was heavily injured this year, um, as well as uh, decline, declining play that uh, maybe uh, Pierre Olivier Joseph finally gets that big breakthrough next year. So. I think that, I mean, working under the assumption that Latang comes back, uh, Matheson uh, is, in my opinion, 1A to move, uh, or just one overall, and then I would put Dumlin number two. But I think, in my opinion, there's a big gap between Matheson and Dumlin in terms of uh, priority uh, trade-wise. Question number four. Uh, any goalie, any goalies interest you to run it back, or interest you, or do you run it back with the Smith uh, price point on your backup? This is uh, also a good question, and it's something that we haven't really discussed to this point because Casey DeSmith is also an unrestricted free agent. Uh, we haven't really given much thought or discussion about the potential backup goalie situation to Tristan Jari. If they do run it back with DeSmith, it's going to be a very team-friendly deal. Um, DeSmith's play hasn't warranted any sort of exuberant contract. He's a career backup, but with that said... He his play over the last two seasons and this season specifically wasn't really much to write home about. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Penguins move on from Casey to Smith. And I know I, I have to say this because this oh, is yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins. You, you know say, where I'm yeah, going. You know you got to say the name. You know you, you know got to say I'm the name. With it. I already saw I, people throwing it around on Twitter. You know you got to say the name. I I have to bring this up if. Mark Andre Fleury wants to come back. I would be willing to have him back, but 
at maximum, I would only offer him $2 million and I'd only offer maybe one or two seasons. Uh, maybe, you know, I've, screw it. I'll, I'll give him a three-year deal, but I'd only offer him $2 million per at maximum. Really, honestly, if I could, I'd give him something lower than that. He has to, he has to realize at this point he 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 would be the one B to Tristan Jari's one A. And I know people in this town would be clamoring oh and begging. My gosh. Oh this my play, yeah, that play is being absolutely miserable. <laughs> it, it, oh god, could you imagine? Just, oh uh, man, I feel Facebook bad for Tristan comments. Jari. Yeah, <laughs> I oh. feel bad for Tristan Jari already because you know the first soft one he lets in, it's going to be oh my gosh. Yes. So I have to mention it. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I absolutely would not be opposed to it if he understood his role. And I think co- he would. I really do. I, at this point, he knows I would not be at all surprised um, that if he, he, he would absolutely know his role and he would be fine with it, I think. And I think, too, it's it, it maybe would, won't uh, mean much in the long run, but if if Flurry does come back for a little bit of a reunion tour with Crosby, uh, I wonder if that maybe sweetens the pot for Latang. I know I know Robbie, you're you 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 believe at this current moment that Malkin and Latang uh, will be back in Pittsburgh next season, and that's my hope. I obviously want them to return and retire as Penguins. I wonder if a potential Flurry reunion maybe kind of softens the blow on Latang's stance because. Between the two, between Malkin and Latang, Malkin seems very much willing to take a pay cut. He seems very much willing to come back and finish his career as a Penguin. He called Crosby and Latang his brothers in in the end of season press conference. I wonder if a flurry return kind of so, kind of softens Latang's stance on the whole contract situation, uh, and, and kind of having having the gang back together for what would be the, the swan song of their careers. I mean, the, the story writes itself. It and does. It, that, that's all I can say about it. The story writes itself. And, you know, Fleury's play has declined a bit. He, he's not even, I don't even think he's the goaltender he was uh, during Vegas's inaugural season. That would have been, what, five years ago already? Four or five years ago? Uh, this was their fifth season. So I don't think Fleury is at that level of play anymore, but you're not asking him to come in and play 60, 70 games anymore. Mm. Uh, so Robbie, like you said, if, if, if Fleury understands his role, I would be all for bringing the flower back for a little bit of, of a farewell tour for better or worse. Sid needs to get that group chat yes. uh, fired up with uh, those three. And I, I kind of take the opposite view of that actually, that, if Malkin and Flurry come back, or Malkin and Latang come back, I think it greatly increases the odds that um, Mark Andre Flurry comes back to Pittsburgh. Um, again, he is—I know the play has definitely declined, but he is still only a season removed from winning the Vesna Trophy as the That's best goalie true. in the NHL. Uh, it didn't go great in Minnesota, especially in the playoffs. He was pulled for Cam Talbot in a, seri- a decisive Game Six which didn't really change anything for the wild. But I think that in my, like I said earlier, my opinion on Malcolm Latang was all based on vibes. And it just seems like all three for the first time since Flurry left, the door is seems to be wide open for that core to take one last run together in Pittsburgh. Um, and if they can make everything work, it just, it feels like 
everything might be falling into place that we see um, Flurry back in Pittsburgh as the backup. But again, I would feel really bad for Tristan Jari, especially he's going to be the one, the number one. They're going to come out opening night, all be introduced, the loudest ovation in the whole arena. It's going to be for Flurry, and they're going to announce Tristan Jari as the starter. And yeah, I feel really, I would feel really bad for Tristan Jari. But again, I've been doing this for 16, almost 20 years now with this core. Just give us one last run. Just make us feel just just for one last run, all four of them together. Um, even if Flurry's not the number one guy, just uh, to give us yeah, the one more time of those guys together. Yeah, I mean it's it it, it may not it it may not end up uh, it may not end up well. And, you know, with all of these guys, certainly not spring chickens anymore. Just like you said, make, make me feel warm and fuzzy for the final years of the Crosby Malkin era before we eventually blow everything up and and have to start from zero again. So I, I feel we may be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah, probably. But, but, but I mean, it's hey, we're, we're in the offseason now. It's it's fun to speculate. And I feel like, though, before before we move on to the next question, I know we were talking about this hypothetical Mark andre Fleury thing so much for some reason, but it, it doesn't feel like it's out of the realm of possibility. It feels like it's very much within reach for Fleury to, to come back. I mean, I, I can't see, he seems like a family man. He doesn't like to uproot his family, his children. If there is one place, because, because I don't think, I don't think he would go back to Vegas. Maybe Bill Guerin tries to re-sign him. I I don't know what his plans are up in Minnesota, but if there is one place he could come to close out his career, I think it would be here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that, and that that's certainly a conversation. We'll see what Mark Andre Fleury's future holds as the days and weeks uh, progress into the summer months. But that would be fun. I I, I would very much enjoy it. One last go with that core. Uh, question number five. Uh, kind of a similar question we had last week for you, Robbie. Who are you eyeing at pick number 21 for the Penguins? Or do you feel like a trade back into the late for late round one and potentially add something like a, an additional third round pick in return uh, would make more sense? Yeah, my answer this, this week is going to be the same as last week. Uh, not really sure about any kind of uh, prospects there for the Penguins at 21. The NHL draft after like the first three picks can be such a crapshoot you really don't know i mean philip forsberg fell to like the second round uh brandon sod was a second round pick it's just such a a crapshoot after the first handful of picks um are kind of telegraphed but um i really don't know um i think the trade possibility I, i mean if the right thing is there i don't know if it's necessarily about trading back i think it's more or less maybe trading out that pick for a big time signing that might not be available on the free agent market. Uh, you package that as part of a deal and get a, a big name to kind of fill out the roster. Um, if that opportunity presents itself, but um, who they pick there, man, throw a bunch of names in a hat, pick one and I'll probably tell you you're right. But it's yeah. At, at that point, it's kind of a crapshoot uh, who's available. Cause you never know guys go before um, they're projected and then you have guys fall. So um, if I had to pick, I'd probably man. That seems like that that depth or the farm system defense is so weak um, that you have to start looking at getting some 
uh, young defense bodies in there. Um, so I think I'd look at defensemen. But, I mean, if the right trade comes along, uh, especially if Ron Hextall, because Hextall was the one that was really um, big on keeping that number one over that first that first round pick, that maybe if a new face comes in, a new voice, that things change. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, question number six. Uh, do you see uh, Redeem Zahorna and Drew O'Connor as roster regulars next year? I do. I think uh, if, especially, I, I guess it all depends on what the Penguins do, how they fill out their roster with uh, the the um, the questions surrounding Latang and Malkin. But um, Zahorna and O'Connor will provide at the very least, they'll provide cheap depth. I'm not sure if they'll be good depth, but, I mean, uh, O'Connor and Zahorna are both going to be making under $1 million next year. I believe Zahorna's contract he signed not that long ago is a one-way deal starting next season. So I, I, mm-hmm. Zahorna, unless he, unless he just flatlines, I, I think he will be a permanent member of that bottom six next year. Uh, O'Connor, I, I think they're going to try and give him a, a long look. He's 23. He'll be 24, uh, at the beginning of June. So this is what the Penguins are going to have to do, especially if they give heftier contracts to, uh, Latang, Malkin, possibly Raquel. Uh, they're going to have to fill out the, the outer edges of their roster with cheap, effective depth. And, uh, again, I'm not sure if O'Connor or Zahorna are going to be effective per se, they, they've only we've only really gotten a couple of glimpses here and there from both players, but I can't say it's going to hurt the team. Um, we'll just have to see what they look like in training camp and preseason. Maybe they get an extended look uh, at the start of the regular season uh, next season. And if things don't work out, then you're not really on the hook for that a lot, that much money uh, salary-wise anyway. But yeah, I think O'Connor and Zahorna have earned the right to at least get a look to fill out the bottom six next year. Uh, all right, that is it. Well, uh, I can't believe it. Unfortunately, Robbie, uh, like you mentioned before we started recording, uh, I, I wish we would have been going on uh, later on into the, the summer months, uh, but that is it. That will wrap up That will wrap up the Pennsburg podcast for the 2021-22 season. Um, like, I, like I mentioned uh, earlier and Robbie mentioned as well, uh, thank you to everyone and anyone who has taken the time to download the podcast throughout this season and interact with us on Twitter and, uh, asking your questions in the mailbag and, and, uh, just everything basically helping make this podcast run. Um, what we'll do, I guess we'll take a little bit of a summer break and, you know, this entire podcast episode has been, uh, devoted to the uncertain future of, of the franchise. So, if there is some some breaking or massive news regarding contracts, we uh, maybe Robbie and I'll hop on for fifteen or twenty minutes throughout the summer. If cross or if uh, Latang and Malkin sign extensions, or if there's a big trade that happens one way or another, maybe we'll hop on for for a short episode here and there to fill all of you in. But uh, Robbie, do you have anything else you want to add before we close up shop for the season? Yeah, I'll give you one more prediction. Um, the Malkin and Latang extensions will be announced at the same time. Ooh, I I would like that. That would be that would that would be a nice uh, serotonin boost. I, I guess you could call it for for myself. I could go with that. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. So hopefully you're right, Robbie. Hopefully, you know, they're, they they get these, these finer details worked out. Hopefully both of those players return to Pittsburgh. It's my hope. And I know it's your hope as well, uh, that these franchise stalwarts can, can continue to write a few more chapters in this book for the Penguins. And who knows, maybe, maybe we'll see an unexpected guest return to the black and gold, like we mentioned earlier, but for Robbie Noggle, I have been Garrett Bahanna. Thank you so much for listening to the po- the Pensburg podcast throughout the course of the regular season and into the postseason. And we will talk to all of you sometime very soon.